everybody, it's Brian. Thanks for tuning in. If you're ready to buy or sell a home in Pierce, South King, or Thurston County, Hey all, it's Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you about our good friends over at Burgermaster. If you know anything about me, I crave burgers in my sleep. I do not mess around. Started in 1952, Burgermaster is the best burger chain in Washington State. They have locations all over the Puget Sound in Aurora, Bellevue, Everett, Mill Creek University, and Mount Vernon. Their fresh ingredients and classic driving experience make them the greatest burger chain in the state of Washington. Stop by Burgermaster on your way home from a Seahawks game. You won't regret it. Hey everyone, it's Brian. The real estate market is crazy. Finding an agent you can trust isn't easy. Thankfully, the one thing I'm more certain of than Brian Schottenheimer calling a running play on second and long is that you can trust John Hurlbut and his team at Altitude Homes. I know John personally, and nobody does it better in Pierce, South King, and Thurston County. So head on over to altitude-re.com HB to get real estate help you need. That's altitude-re.com HB. Or give them a call at 253-222-2626. Again, that's 253-222-2626. Go Hawks! Hey all, Evan Hill here of Real Hawk Talk. Super excited to talk to you guys about our good friend Blake Johnson of ManifestFit.com. Football season is quickly approaching, and it is a struggle to stay in shape while eating burgers and nachos. ManifestFit.com is your one only true online personal training service with workout and nutrition programs specifically based on your needs. They work with clients all over the U.S. and what makes Blake and ManifestFit.com so unique is that they don't believe training should be a luxury item. Now's the time to start. Head over to ManifestFit.com, click on how to join and fill out the form. Their team will get back to you ASAP and help you start building a healthier, happier, louder Seahawks fan life. Episode 69. We are here for what is the final roster cutdown for the 2019 Seahawks. We've got the final roster. Sorry, we'll... Brian. Sorry, Brian. I missed it. What episode are we on? <laughs> A very nice episode. 69. Ah. That's just for you, Nathan. And uh, we'll go through each of the roster um, spots, some of the surprise cuts, what they mean, what we think. And... We will go through each game of the regular season and give each of our predictions. We hope to have our buddy, Real Jeff Simmons, join us. He's tending to some family stuff right now. Uh, and if he can, he'll join a little bit later. If not, you got the three of us, and, and hopefully that's enough. And the three of us is myself, Brian Nemhauser at Hawk Blogger, Evan Hill at Evan Hill SEA on Twitter. Hey there, Evan. Hey. And last but certainly not least, Nathan Ernst at Nathan E11 likely to predict more likely to predict 11 losses on the season than he is to predict 11 wins we will we will soon find out how you doing it's all dependent on whether they go ahead and sign alex mcgu i figured that was a a a critical pivotal move in your mind we'll see what happens um all right so let's start with just off the cuff we talked about jadavian Clowney this morning you know obviously we'll probably talk about that a little bit more uh, I do want to set one thing clear before, you know, just get some um, top of the mind reactions from you guys. <laughs> uh, so right now the Seahawks have Barkevius Mingo and Jacob Martin on the roster. The Javion Clowney move has not finalized yet. So there's two players on the roster. Clowney is not on their roster yet, who will not be on their roster, hopefully in a matter of hours, uh, once pl- all the players pass their physicals. When that becomes the case, the Seahawks will have an open roster spot. So there's one player that is not on the roster that will be. And that that's a, a confusing little uh, change from what we normally deal with. But that's a, uh, that's what one of the key uh, details to understand. So with that out of the way, Nathan, tell me what – Nathan is absolutely failing with his custom backgrounds. I think he's trying no, to get really <laughs> I don't know why mine work and no one else's do. I, I think maybe I just have a a uniquely non-green screened face. So, uh, 
Nathan, what were your reactions, top reactions when you saw when you saw the, the cuts announced for the Seahawks? I mean, honestly, when I saw the official cuts announced, my first reaction was, oh my God, go get Alex Maguda. <laughs> uh, it's crazy that they kept Gino. I didn't see that coming at all. Um, I uh, tweeted out my my predict predictions and I always like do locks and safe and probably and bubble. And I think like six or seven safe guys that uh, Gino might've even been a lock. I don't know. So uh, um, yeah, there was a ton of surprises throughout the day. I was really surprised about Marsh. I was really surprised about um, John Brown, even though I think that was definitely the right thing to do. Um, but yeah, no, go get Alex Magoo. You need a backup quarterback. There's an amazing one sitting right there for you. Go get him. All right. Uh, Evan, do you have any similar feelings about Alex Magoo? I mean, what do you have any feelings at all about Alex Magoo? I'm, I'm not wildly emotionally passionate about him like Nathan Ernst is. He's a replaceable player. I mean, he's fine. Sure, sign him. So replaceable that they don't even have a backup quarterback on the roster. There's been a, let's just be honest, there's been a void, a gaping hole at backup quarterback since they cut Alex Magoo last year. Didn't Gartner Minshew or something like that beat out Alex Magoo? I don't yes, know. He yes, he did. I don't think that's true. I don't think Minshew yeah. made the team. He uh, did. I He's the backup. That's I would say it's very uh, weird, like venturing over into Jaguars Twitter because apparently there's like a passionate debate about whether Magoo or Minshew are better, and I'm extremely torn because I love them both not quite equally. I'm definitely team Magoo, but uh, I also like Minshew, and like we can just agree that they're both very cool and we like them. I think that's good. Yeah, I, I would be fine if they sign Magoo. I don't really have, I, I'm in Evan's camp. I don't really care uh, that much. Um, like if Russell goes down, we're screwed regardless. So I guess I if you want to go, Kaepernick. I, but actually, they should, though. Yeah, well, they don't have to do it now. I mean, like, yeah. But if the price is right, they should. Like, yeah. purely from a football perspective, like, sure. So, so what were your reactions when you saw the cuts announced, uh, Evan? Anything, anything jump out to you? Yeah, the big one is the, is the Jerron Brown one. Uh, you know, coaching staff has been hyping him up uh, for really a year and a half now. Um, Brian Schoenheimer has been, you know, praising his praises all training camp and saying we can't wait to get him super involved this year. So part of me wonders, um, well, let me back up. I think it's the correct decision from like a salary cap perspective and probably from like a roster, like construction perspective. Um, but there were like, there were some like rumors floating around that they needed to do that to fit Clowney under their cap space, but it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because they were under the cap by like a pretty significant threshold um, going into the day. They were like close to 20 million when they traded for Clowney and they, you know, offloaded Mingo's salary and Jacob Martin's salary. The net cost for Clowney for 2019 is going to be like 11 to $12 million. So you see like just doing the simple math there, there's like an eight, seven, eight, nine million dollar gap. Um, you know, cutting Jerome Brown saves a couple million dollars. I think it's like two point seven five or something like that um maybe maybe there's a trade that's unannounced and is still still coming maybe it's a veteran with a with a bigger salary or something like that but that that cut is weird to me i still don't understand it yeah someone was saying that it may have something to do with ansa's is that what you were just talking about ansa's contract and that he's got yeah He's yeah, got some, but, some incentives that are not yet accounted for in the cap um, for once well, he starts playing games. The way that works is the incentive, it's like four to six million dollars in 2019 incentives that are counted as not likely to be earned incentives. And the way that works against the cap is if he earns them, it's actually adjusted against the 2020 cap. So, to be quite honest, it really doesn't impact this year. It, it wouldn't make any sense. So, from your, as far as you know, it does not there's not a logical reason why they had to cut Jerron Brown or Cassius Marsh or anyone else for cap purposes. The wild card here is if a big in-house extension is coming, whether it yeah. be Ifedi, somebody who would take up additional cap space. So I think the two possible scenarios to answer your question are a veteran trade coming or somebody with a bigger salary, basically, 
or an in-house extension. Um, the latter is very possible. Is Do the Seahawks gain any cap space with Jaron Reed being suspended for six games? Yeah, so whatever his base salary is, it's very small because he's on a rookie contract. You know, he's making like a couple million dollars this year. Basically, he misses six game checks. So the Seahawks recover that cap space at one sixteenth, of, you know, of his base salary of those six weeks, if that makes sense. It is weird. I, I don't I don't get the, the cap part. And so let's do this, guys. Let, let's let's run through um, for me with the biggest surprise of the cuts. Uh, Honestly, it was Jacob Hollister. I really thought he was going to make it. The fact that Ed Dixon's on the roster and Jacob Hollister is not was pretty surprising to me. Uh, it sounds like Ed Dixon is weeks away from even coming back to start running and practicing. So perhaps they have him on a 53 and they're going to put him on IR tomorrow. And then they'll re-sign a tight end. It could be Hollister. It could be someone else. But, I mean, Hollister was – consistently targeted throughout training camp and made plays. And I thought was I mean, what he did not do well is block. He's not a big dude, but that's not kind of his forte. That's not what you bring him in for. So maybe the Seahawks just, maybe they just can't have a guy that's not a blocker. Um, but then I wonder why they had, you know, Nick Vanette all these years who, who really had not been that good of a blocker either. So I mean, I feel like that's a little generous. Like, Hollister had some bad drops and stuff. Uh, he had some bad drops? I think he had one. Mm, I feel like I remember two. But he, had, he definitely had one. Um, like, I, I don't know. With, maybe in practice more than in the games. But, like, I, I didn't feel like he was – he didn't seem like this super dynamic receiver. Like, he was a bad blocker and I don't know what you were really getting out of him as a receiver. That was that special. Like, so I don't know. I never quite got the hype on, on Hollister. I got the idea, but I didn't really see it in practice. And so that one just wasn't super surprising to me. And I'm sorry, just quick news while it's breaking right now. The so Seahawks, no, the Seahawks are confirmed. They're attempting to re-sign Gino. Um, once so, that's awful. Really, though, like, it doesn't have to be Alex Murray, but, like, there's Kyle Slaughter, I think is his name. He's out there. There are other, like, younger... Take those guys over Gino? Why not? Like, what are, you winning, really? what are you winning with Gino? What are you winning with those dudes? Maybe maybe you find something. Maybe you find a diamond in the rough. Like, you know what Gino is. You're going to lose with Gino. You're going to lose with Alex Magoo. You're going to lose with somebody else but like why not find somebody that's a little younger that maybe you can coach and like don't you have this great coach and and like shoddy who's supposed to be a mr accountability and quarterback coach and teach him up and no but like really like isn't that part of like what his appeal is supposed to be so like why not give him somebody to work with yeah it really comes it's not a big deal they believe that magoo has meaningful upside and considering they, they kept guys like trayvon boykin and Josh Portis in past years, I don't think they think very highly of Magoo. I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, and and otherwise, you're right, Nathan. I think they might they have shown that they'll keep a young guy and try to develop him. But I just but don't think they see Magoo. Right? There are other guys out there too. Right? Well, the guy I like is is it Sloter? Um, from yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, he's he's impressive. Every time I've seen him, he looks like a guy. He now he's not he's not mobile. Uh, necessarily but he looked like a super competent quarterback so i mean whatever i do we really want to spend this much time on the quarterback of quarterback spot i i personally don't I, i'm happy to be quiet and let you guys talk about it for a while if you do but i mean when's the last time a backup quarterback played for the seahawks and if he does play what is it going to mean for the seahawks like bad stuff so alex magoo i hope for your sake uh, nathan that it, it, it works out but i don't really care that's why don't fun. we just go why don't we just start at the top and go position by position that's what i'm gonna do so here's what i'm gonna do guys and let me know if this helps look we're, we're gonna go this is a messy looking spreadsheet but hopefully you can see some of this oh beautiful right um you love these bright bright colors so russell wilson no surprises there right running back we've got carson we've got penny we've got travis homer and we've got cj Procise. Mm. what's this last guy's name cj Procise. <laughs> Congratulations, everyone. 
I want, congratulations. CJ Proceis was healthy for a, a consecutive 11 days. We'll see if he makes it to 12. Congratulations. Super excited about his contributions this year. Here's the thing. As much, as much of a CJ Proceis supporter I, as I am and believer in his talents, which I think he's proven again, he seriously has, I get it. I totally, I, I very much understand everyone's frustration with him making the roster, the people that are frustrated, especially you, Evan. But there is a flip side. It's, it's, it's a, it is the least, the lesser of the probabilities, I will admit, is not probable that he will be healthy for the full season or even for many games. I mean, let's just be totally honest. But if he is, if, if, if somehow he becomes a player that they can depend on, they've added a major piece to this offense that nobody was counting on and nobody in the league has accounted for. So I think he is significantly better and more dangerous than Rashad Penny is and probably more dangerous than Rashad Penny will ever be. And that's both as a runner and as a receiver, and he's a better pass blocker in blitz pickup. So I think he's a, he's a real threat as a third down back and you know, let's cross our fingers and hope it works out. There's no reason to bet against a guy that's on the team. What do you think his contributions are going to look like, like on a, on a healthy game day? Like how many snaps, how many carries is he getting? Uh, you know, I'm really, really hoping they cut J.D. McKissick. So, you know, they cut J.D. McKissick, who could have been a third down back. They've been playing Chris Carson and sometimes Rashad Penny as third down backs in the preseason. Don't know what they're going to do during the regular season, but it's possible part of how they're going to get Chris Carson, his past targets that they've talked about, the 42 targets that Mike Davis got last year as a third down back, is that Carson's going to be more of a three down back than he has been in the past. So I don't know. I, I would like to think that Penn, that um, Procise is the third down back and the two minute back and that he gets five to eight carries a game and, you know, two to four targets a game, like something like one to three targets a game, something like that. I mean, I know that those are small numbers, but that's pretty typical for like a third down back. So that's what I would hope. And I think he would do, do a lot with those. Um, Nathan, do you have any different point of view there? Either running back. <laughs> All right. So Travis Homer also makes it. That's a little bit of a surprise, but you know, he's a, you know, uh, a decent player and, and uh, a good special teams player. So <laughs> how does this work? Does it work? Like, I don't know why it works for me. You've got it like inversed into your body now. It's so cool. I like stand up. Hey, look, it's the Cox meme. All right. <laughs> yeah we got to figure it out uh, maybe i maybe i've got a maybe i'm on a mac maybe you guys are on a pc i don't know um so wide receiver let's move over to wide receiver so they keep four running backs uh and they keep six wide receivers so they cut jerron brown they keep tyler lockett dk metcalf david moore malik turner gary jennings and john ursua i will say by start by saying I'm a little bit more nervous about uh, our bet that we made around who's going to get the second most targets on the team. Jerron Brown definitely was part of who I thought was going to be getting targets and he's not there anymore. I've got to hang my, my luck on hopefully that David Moore gets back soon and that he has a great season and potentially, hopefully maybe John or Sua really rockets up the charts and, and steals some, some targets. Otherwise DK Metcalf was second, second most targeted receiver looks like, you know, a far higher likelihood than it had been a few weeks ago. Even day kiss, a lot kiss your retirement funds goodbye because I am going to order so many goddamn Cadillac margaritas on you. I cannot wait. I'll, I can handle it. I, I will be okay. This is one of those bets where I win either way. Those are my favorite types of bets to make. For those that don't know, I bet Nathan, Evan, Will, and Joe Fan on Twitter uh, that. DK Metcalf will be third or below in targets for the Seahawks with receivers this year, just for the receivers. And uh, <laughs> definitely was counting on Jerome Brown and David Moore being higher up there. And one of them's injured and the other one's not on the team. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, <laughs> week one, week one, who are the top three receivers? Assuming David Moore cannot play week one. We don't know yet about DK Metcalf. Are you guys betting DK Metcalf plays? Let, well, let's do this. If DK Metcalf can't play, let's do that. 
Who are the top three receivers in eight days? Tyler Lockett. Disley. No, no. No, no, no. It's probably it's probably Lockett, Jennings, and Ursua. No way. No. Yeah. No. There's no way Malik Turner is starting over Jennings. Oh, 100% he started over. No, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. Why is there no way? Jennings does not. Yeah. Why is there no way? Because he made the roster based off of draft status. They still want to see what he can do. There's just no way. He's lit. He's living off of draft value right now. I'm not saying it's the correct decision. That's just saying it's like the inverse logic. It, he's on the roster because he, of his draft value. Not he's not going to play because like Amara Darbo was on the roster for draft value. He didn't play. I'm not saying it's the correct decision. I'm just saying I think that's what going to what's going to happen. No, I don't think so. Uh, they're keeping him because of draft status, but they're not going to play him because of draft status. And I mean, honestly, like. Let's not get too carried away with the draft status here. It's a fourth round pick. Like, yeah, you don't want to throw it away for nothing, but like he's not he's not a first rounder or something. Like, this dude could be gone in like by the end of the day, to be honest, depending on like other cuts and stuff. Like, you know. Is it just me or did you put like some voice filter on? You sound you sound a little different, Nathan. Do I sound weird? I don't know. No. Yeah, you sound very different. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds kind of awesome. Uh, so, um, uh, I think I'm pretty sure, and I think Nathan and I are in the same boat. I think that it's Tyler Lockett, Malik Turner, and I would go with John Ursua. I think Malik Turner, Pete said it, Malik Turner can play any of the, the receiver positions and can run all of the routes. Gary Jennings cannot do that. He just can't. He's, he's still catching up. So I don't think he's game ready. I don't think they trust him yet. And I think John Ursua, you know what you have? You, Tyler Lockett plays outside. Turner plays outside. And Ursua is your slot. I think, And I think that's what you'd start with. If they do have DK Metcalf, then I think it's probably Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Malik Turner. I still think Malik Turner plays next week, whether Metcalf's healthy or not. Well, we're really going to be able to test the theory that if Russell Wilson has a competent line, he can throw to any receiver. So we're about to find out. Is that a theory? It, we've been discussing that for several years, that like pass protection is way more important than receiver quality. Um, I think this situation will allow for the testing of that hypothesis. Well, I would say two things. One, I think that we – like at least from an analytics perspective, I think the wide receiver is uh, one of the positions that's, that's gained importance. Um, you know, when you talk about some positions not matter much. Nathan, uh, your voice is so deep right now. It's really cracking me up. It's like hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> You're like, it's not like one of those people that are like on the police, uh, like voice modulator. Really? <laughs> voice is a little bit lower. It's like, it's like the, the, <laughs> But it's actually the guy from Saw is what you sound like, you know? Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Never change this. Whatever you're doing. Whatever. Uh, it's good. But no, like, there's a difference between, like, he can throw. <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle this. <laughs> 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 you gotta, you gotta go back and listen to yourself. <laughs> I feel like Gary Jennings is pushing the limits. Of- <laughs> but anyways, go. On. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry at all. <laughs> oh my god. So you may want to. You know, call back it, <laughs> but otherwise, <laughs> keep going because it's really awesome. <laughs> Nathan, oh uh, shit! Somebody in the chat was like, "Have him say, do you want to play a game?" Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, for a whole while, I was like, "Am I hearing something?" I I thought I was going insane. <laughs> Because it just changed. It wasn't like that at the start. It was like all of a sudden, Nathan say something. 
Nathan. Nathan. I'm terrified to speak. Oh, you're good. Oh, you're good. You're back to normal. <laughs> oh my God, that was the best. I hope it happened. Right, right before you left, Nathan, somebody in the chat was like, have him say, do you want to play a game? <laughs> opportunity. So All right, you were trying to say something and I couldn't help handle it. So what were you saying? <laughs> It's not important. <laughs> All right, moving on. So uh, that's receiver. Uh, tight end. We've only got two tight ends that can play unless George Fan can play. So Disley and Vanette, that's the only guy who's healthy for next week. Ed Dixon makes the roster. I'm guessing that they're going to put him on IR and have him eligible to come back. Is that what you guys are assuming, or do you think they're going to just keep him as a dead roster spot until he gets healthy in four weeks or five weeks? I have a weird hunch they want to keep him all year long. I know I know we could cut him and, you know, probably agree to a, a minor injury settlement, but I, I feel like they have an odd attraction to Ed Dixon. I, well, they I, definitely want to keep him or, or they would have cut him already. So the question is only are they going to keep him and, while he's rehabbing? Because Pete said just this week that he's three or four weeks away from, from like running and starting to get back on, to the team. So it's either they're going to keep him and not be able to use that spot or they're going to put him on IR and then they'll sign a, you know, be able to re return him to the roster after eight weeks. Those are the two options. I mean, obviously they, they know more about his medical situation than we do, but like, if it's just a thing where he's going to miss, you know, two, three, four weeks, I would think they probably wouldn't do IR with him. I mean, I think you have the extra spot now, right. That for people that can return, two guys can return now isn't that right yes but that's still a limited thing right so um i expect that we'll probably i mean we'll probably find out right away right whether he's going to be back anytime soon but if it's just a couple week thing i would think they would just hold on to him and write it out ah uh, so so in either either way um unless george fans healthy this week which they're hoping he can be then you've got two guys that can play tight ends coming into this game so that's you know you've got two guys who can play tight end you may only have three guys that you really trust to play receiver or even two guys potentially that that know all the routes like you could have a very limited set of options in your receiving group so <laughs> for those that are really hoping this is the game where the seahawks break open their you know newfound love of passing and and really show a futuristic offense this may not be the game you want to watch i think there could be a lot of running the ball uh in this game it could also i mean obviously shoddy says a lot of things it's not true like we need to get john brown more targets uh <laughs> but uh maybe he's telling the truth when it comes to running back targets that they're gonna you know pass a bunch to carson and penny and obviously ProSize has that ability so yeah yeah, so um, uh, I, again, uh, surprised on the Jacob Hollister thing. That was a bummer to me. I really, I thought he was going to be a Ryan Hannum, which is before probably your time, Nathan. Or not. No, I know Hannum, yeah. Uh, no idea what you're talking about. It's okay, it's okay. Band, movie, some old movie like Office Space, who knows. Did someone just say that the clowny trade is official? Can any of you guys verify? I'm going to look um why don't you guys look while i i wait sorry do you have something oh yeah i was gonna say while you look uh i was actually uh i thought saxton had a better chance of making the team than hollister i i felt like he was the better overall player than hollister had been in the preseason so um i mean it obviously it's surprising that like i guess neither of them did and Dixon might be hurt like you're saying like they're really low on tight ends but um yeah the, the Hollister thing just wasn't a surprise to me at all it is not official yet yeah I've not seen anything so um uh, I'm, I'm waiting good news there just for what it's worth I, I I'll get back to your comment in a second here Nathan but uh I I'm hoping that the Texans have more reason to, to pass our players through physical this time because uh, they've had to cut guys on the roster potentially to, to make space that they would have rather kept. And hopefully they'll just be trying to get this done. 
there is there is always the concern that they're going to screw us over somehow, but hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, all right, let's keep going. Uh, offensive line. So they got nine guys. We've got uh, the, the starters. We don't know if Upati's going to play this week. We don't know if Fant's going to play. You've got Jamarco Jones. You've got Ethan Posick, who's likely going to start over uh, Upati at, at uh, left guard. Joey Hunt makes it. Jordan Simmons goes on IR. Um, Phil Haynes goes on PUP. Demetrius Knox is on IR. Um, I don't have any particular comments here. Anything from you guys? This was expected. No big surprises here. Yeah, I think it went as, as well. Uh, Marcus Martin. Uh, I thought Marcus Martin was a surprise. Who did you think was going to make it instead, or did you have him keeping 10, 10 offensive linemen? Uh, I had him keeping 10. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he was definitely like the, the next guy. Um, and maybe that's a good sign that they feel like Upati is is going to play or really, really close, and they don't need another guard. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, because they have a few guys that can do a couple different things. Like if Betty has played guard and um, Posick kind of potentially could play any spot, really, maybe, as well as he can play any spot. Um, but, like, this is kind of light on – guards especially just true guards and so i thought um i thought martin might have made it i thought Roos might have made it and i thought maybe hunt wouldn't have made it in place of one of those guys i, I had him going 10 i think yeah it's interesting i mean you talk about the guards they've got fluker or Yupati that are true guards you got posick who can play guard but you know his best position is probably center um so that's three Hunt plays guard. I mean, he's played guard in, in live games. He started there at guard before, but he's not. He's definitely more of a center than a guard. So you've really – you are pretty thin there um, at guard. I think they're definitely counting on Phil Haynes coming back, but that's not for six weeks off of PUP. So, um, well, and last year when um, – I think it was Fluker that was her. You know, Fetty just slid inside and, and Fant played right tackle. So that's an option too. So they're not – it's not like they're real thin there, but like outside of their two starters, they don't have anybody that's just a guard. Which, well, they did say Joey Hunt had a high ankle sprain this past week. So he okay. also may be out for a number of weeks. So, I mean, it's – it is thin. Um, the Jordan Simmons thing, that's too bad, but um, not that surprising. So – Generally, you know, if things are, if guys are healthy, they should be all right. If they're not, they are thin, no doubt about it. Did you have something, uh, Evan? I'm. I just realized they cut Nas Jones. I'm sorry. It's moving on to the next position group. Yes. Oh yeah, they did that a little while ago. Wait, when did they do that? They did that like yesterday or the day before. But he's on IR, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Got it. Got it. So I can do this if it helps. Perfect. Um, so on defensive line, you've got Ezekiel Ansah, Puna Ford. You've got Al Woods, who will be the starter with Jaron Reed out. Um, where is Jaron Reed on this list? Oh, he's here. Yes, he's on the the um, suspended list. Demarcus Christmas is on. I think he's on PUP. Um, I think they kept him there. Uh, you've got Rasheem Green. You've got Cassius Marsh cut. Um, how big of a surprise is this to you? Evan, we'll start with you. Not that big of a surprise. I, I Didn't they just like sign him to a, I'm just looking up his deal real quick. I'm pretty sure it had like, oh, it did have 600K guaranteed. It did. Surprising. Wow. I mean, they I, saved and, like a little over a million or something, right? Or yeah, they saved 1.25, um, but they basically paid 600k to have him on the roster for from April 4th to today, which is fine, good for him. But um, that's a surprise cut for sure. I'm surprised by that. I was shocked. I, as shocked as you can be by a player like Marsh, you know, of that caliber getting cut. They have two guys that like look like a Leo or could potentially be a Leo. And one of them we're waiting for the physical to pass and Clowney. And the other one we're praying stays healthy and onset. Right. And then after that, your ends are Rasheen Green and LJ Collier and Quentin Jefferson and Brandon Jackson. Like um uh maybe this will be fine. Cassius March isn't great or anything, obviously. He has been a protect a productive rotational pass rusher and 
Um, I thought he looked pretty good uh, in the preseason. Um, but if, if nothing else, I think this signifies maybe a change in what they're doing with their defense just because they got real big at defensive end. And, and maybe and may, or maybe it signifies what they think of Clowney. You know, we talked about him earlier today as more of a Michael Bennett than a Cliff Avril. Uh, maybe that's not what they think. Maybe they are seeing him more as a as an Avril than a than a Bennett or something like that. Um, uh, so, like, they're not short on pass rushers necessarily. Ons is good. They're great. obviously Clowney great. Um, but, you know, Green and Collier have a lot to prove, and they're just not that typical type. So this was really fascinating, if nothing else to me. I was really, really surprised. Um, obviously, it's not the end of the world to lose someone like him, but I thought it was just super interesting. Yeah, I, there's people that were pushing me about it earlier, like, oh, yeah, he's going to, you know, don't count. Cassius Marsh is not a lock. And I I have to admit, I I thought they were totally foolish. I was like, he, he, he's, he is starting at Leo with Ansa out and is – playing a ton of snaps and is being productive. He was getting pressure in almost every game he played. He seems like the perfect rotational player. So I don't get it to me. The, the, the question here is Rasheem green is their third round pick from last year who they're counting on and has not developed. And I think he's pushing Marsh off the roster and, you know, we could look back in a year and say, man, green isn't worth it. You know, it's possible. I hope not. I'm not ready to give up on him, but he's definitely not had a good, good second training camp. This is a guy that we all were hoping was going to take a big step forward. He didn't. LJ Collier is a first round pick. We don't know what we have in LJ Collier. And Pete was even clear that no one should expect him to come in and save the day. He doesn't, you know, he's barely practiced. You know, he might not play until, you know, for weeks and, and he may not earn rotation snaps for, for weeks and weeks. You know, you don't, you don't know. So really, you've got Quentin Jefferson, Rasheem Green, Ansa, Brandon Jackson, and Jadavian Clowney. I am not a Brandon Jackson guy. I, I, I think he is just a guy. And I think Marsh is a much more accomplished uh, pass pressure than, than Jackson. But they kept Jackson. So um, there you go. I mean, you know... Cassius Marsh, Marsh is just Marsh. He's, he's a rotational guy. You know, I'm not, I'm not comparing him to Clowney, but I'm going to compare him to Clowney. Like, you <laughs> know that. I mean, their pressure rates are very similar over their career. Um, I think two years ago, Clowney had a significantly better one, but other than that, they're pretty neck and neck. Um, Marsh is a dude that had seven sacks last year. That was, you know, more than twice his previous high for a season. So could be fluky, but um, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought he was a really nice pickup for them. Um, and yeah, just really surprised to see him go and, and really interested if the signal something bigger for the defense and what they plan to do. Do you have any ideas of what that would potentially be? I mean, you could, you could, it, it, it almost looks three, four ish, you know, um, Ansa is a bit of a, oddball there if, if you do go to a 3-4 um, but you just look at the size that they have along the line um, both at defensive end and at tackle you look at how Clowney's been used in the past there in, in, in Houston it wouldn't shock me now at this point if they do something significant and change how that front works hmm. be interesting to watch uh, so let's move the on there, uh, too, is that they blitzed a ton in the preseason they did for the preseason for themselves and for the preseason and so you know maybe there's something else going on there too it's true yeah it, it was i expected the the reason they were blitzing was because they didn't have a line that was creating its own pressure um and that might change now if they've got clowning and ansa available to them but who knows uh they really like the linebackers and they like how they they pressure so um you know and clowny's a guy that can drop i mean that guy <laughs> He can move in space, so he, they can do some really interesting things with him um, once Pete gets his hands on him. So let's move on to the linebackers. This was a, a bit of a surprise. They kept seven. Um, they kept Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright, Michael Kendricks. No surprises there. Cody Barton, no surprise there. They did keep Shaquem Griffin, Ben Burkirvan, and Austin Calitro. I felt pretty confident they were going to keep Griffin if they felt like he could play and be healthy. I think he's one of, if not their best special teams player. 
Uh, so I've had him on the roster. Burke Hervin was a guy I didn't have making the team until this last game, but he played a great game. So Kalitra uh, is a guy I just don't think that highly of. And, you know, uh, he to me is like the backup quarterback situation. If he's playing, it's probably a bad, bad thing. Um, but I'm not upset that he's on the roster. I just, you know, I'd rather have Cassius Marsh on the roster than, than, uh, than Austin Kalitra personally. Uh, I know that's an unpopular take. Uh, any thoughts on the linebackers that you guys, either you guys wanted to add? I'm really happy to see him keep Griffin. Um, not only is he an awesome story, but he's a guy with a lot of talent. And, uh, you know, if, if he can figure it out, he, he still has a lot of upside. Um, there's a lot of talented athletic guys that don't figure it out. And that's probably what will become of him. But uh, I still think he has a, a shot to be a legitimate player in this league. And hopefully he can figure that out. All right. So cornerback, we've got Shaquille Griffin, Trey Flowers, Akeem King, Nico Thorpe, another special teams guy. And they made a trade, a conditional seventh, it sounds like, for Perry Nickerson from the Jets. I don't know anything about Nickerson other than, you know, he was a 2018, I think a sixth round pick. Uh, so they're getting him for a seventh a year later. Uh, nickel corner, 5'10", he was at 4'3 speed. So a super fast dude, 180 pounds. Uh, definitely a, a nickel corner by Seahawks category. I believe Ugo Amadi is their nickel corner. And Perry Nickerson's a guy that they're going to see what they've got. And if he pans out during practice, fine. If not, they'll cut him and they'll get their seventh round pick back. Uh, anything that you guys had on the corner position that, that you wanted to talk about? The only thing I'd say is worth noting on the Perry Nickerson trade. He, we, we have club control on his rookie deal through 2021, super cheap each year, 500, 600 K. So there's no, you know, big issues there. Um, I'm excited about Akeem King. He's, he's somebody that's kind of been floating around on the practice squad, getting some reps here and there, you know, uh, proving his worth in certain situations. I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Um, it'd be it'd be cool to see him step into, you know, or maybe even compete for a starting spot, honestly. I'd love to see him take Shaquille's job. And that's not rooting against Shaquille. It would just mean that King played really well. So I'm excited for King. Yeah, I, I'm, I have much more hope that Shaquille Griffin uh... – steps forward, but, but, uh, either one of them playing better than Shaquille played last year would be fine by me. Uh, Deshaun shed got cut. Some people were surprised by that. Um, Jamar Taylor got cut. Some people were surprised by that. I felt like Jamar Taylor was one of the guys that made more plays than others during training camp and during preseason, but I don't think he ever played well. <laughs> he never played that well. There's a few plays that really stood out. I was not surprised when they cut him. Um, I really thought, Generally, Pete's rule is if if the rookie, if the younger player is even with the veteran, he's going to go with the younger player and assume that the younger player is going to accelerate in his development. I thought Amadi was roughly equivalent, if not better, and showed more things than than Taylor. So I think it's, you know, we talked about it. If we were hoping that Blair and Amadi would end up being starters uh, come week one, assuming that Amadi is the starter, I might be wrong. Maybe Akeem King is the starter at nickel. Totally could be possible, but um, if Amadi's a starter, I think I'd be super excited, and I think I think uh, he's a guy that can make some plays and really grow into a, a difference maker. I know you're on the Ugo Amadi hype train, Nathan. I am. Yeah, I'm very excited about this. Um, I, I thought Taylor was going to make it. I, I wonder if they're going to regret not keeping him. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a green light for Ugo, and I'm excited about that. Um, in less important or interesting um, takes, I th it would be cool if Simeon Thomas made the practice squad. I don't know if he even has eligibility left. I think he's been floating around for a little while. Um, but he was a guy that I kind of liked in the preseason. So he's one of the few guys that I care about, whether he makes it to their practice squad. It would be cool to see him get there. What, what, uh, what stood out to you about him? He's just that, you know, prototypical Seahawk ball of clay, right? Like cornerback. So... Um, he, he, he's someone that could grow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, finally, I mean, well, other than the special teams, which you already know about, um, 
Safeties, Bradley McDougal, Tedrick Thompson, Leno Hill, Marquis Blair, and Ugo Amadi, who is really a swing corner safety. Uh, I think we all believe probably Amadi is going to be used more as a corner now than as a safety, especially with Hill back. Uh, I didn't see any surprises there. Um, Shalom Lulani had some chance of making the team, but once Leno Hill got back, uh, you know, I think that that became. Was he the player we traded for a couple of years ago? I think. I think we might have like one of these last, you know, end of the like right before the cut down deals, like the Raiders, right? Something like that. I think so. It was like a late round pick, I think. Yeah, and he's been. I mean, he played. He's been a decent special teams player. Um, but yeah, there was nothing too surprising there for me. So I mean, as far as roster stuff goes, this was. I'd say there were some decent surprises this year. Uh, you know. Where you end up, I think you have to feel a little bit thin as uh, on the wide receiver, tight end, and offensive guard spots. Uh, <laughs> so I think those are the spots that the Seahawks are going to have to hope things work out. But other than that, I mean, there's a lot of guys that step forward, and I think it's, a, it's an interesting group. So uh, – We'll find out hopefully maybe tonight, but maybe it'll be tomorrow morning. What happens with what will be their open roster spot? I think we can assume right now, Geno Smith is going to be the guy that they resign once the climbing trade goes through. Fingers crossed. Ooh. Mingo, don't, pa- don't fail your physical, Mingo. I swear to God. Oh, God. Yeah. Jeremy Lane. Rainer. Oh, my God. If that third round pick becomes a second or something, I would just be so annoyed. Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, fucking Texans. Um, all right. So let's shift gears, guys. Uh, that is our roster reactions. Let's talk about predicting the, the 2019 season with what you know. Before we get into going game by game, give me a high level. Where do you feel best about this team and where do you feel the most angst? Nathan, uh, Evan, let's start with you. Yeah, well, where I used to have the most angst was really the defensive line in that front seven, but Clowney is a game changer. Um, you know, one of the best best pass rushers in the NFL, one of the best edge rushers. You can move him inside. Um, he's super, super impressive. It's it, you can't understate or you can't overstate how how critical um, you know his addition is. So I'm super excited about this front seven. All of a all of a sudden, if the if the you know, if the DBs can get their act together and, and, you know, really follow in Bradley McDougal's leadership, suddenly you could have a pretty good defense. I thought they were going to be like middle of the pack, but Adam Pete Carroll's coaching, this could be like a top five to seven defense. If, if all things click. And I, I don't think that's unrealistic, especially with Clowney in the fold. So I'm a lot more excited about the defense. I'm excited to see, uh, Clowney and, and Ansa and Collier basically wreak havoc on, on opposing quarterbacks. So super excited about that. Where I have the most angst, it's probably the receiver group with Jerron Brown being cut. Uh, we went through, you know, that week one slate for, <laughs> against the Bengals, and, it, and it's Tyler Lockett. DK Metcalf, you're hoping, is healthy. It looks like he might be healthy for week one, so cross your fingers for that. But um, if he's not, then all of a sudden you're working with Ursua, uh, Malik Turner, and Gary Jennings. And that's not a good group or a deep group. So the receiver group is concerning, but if DK can get healthy, David Moore can get healthy, um, I'm fine with them. Nathan, how about you? Strengths, weaknesses? Uh, I still think the defense is a major weakness. Um, they're putting a lot on um, Ziggy Ansa's help. And I just don't think there's any reason to think that's going to hold up. Um, the DBs, you know, I, I don't think Quill looked a ton better. Um, we'll see what kind of step forward Flowers can make. Uh, but just like, I mean, just like with Quill, right? He could just as easily take a step back. Um, they likely haven't improved the safety spot opposite of Tedrick, or I'm mean, sorry, opposite of uh, McDougal, they still have Tedrick, who did not look particularly better. Um, they have Blair, who's trying to learn. And so, yeah, Clowney is exciting, but they're still going to be without Reed for a while. They still have health questions with Ansa. We just talked about 
they're kind of questionable pass rush depth. Um, I, I think that that defense, which was significantly worse than it looked last year, um, could be in for a lot of trouble. Um, obviously, they did a lot of. I, you can't complain too much about the move that they made and what they tried to do and, and how they tried to help it. But I just don't think that it's going to put them anywhere near like a top 10 area, like you were saying, Evan. Um, but, you know, happy to be wrong about that. Um, I feel good about quarterback. Uh, I feel good about offensive line. Um, I feel pretty good there. Um, I don't know. They're, I don't – outside of the defense, which, like I just said, I don't think it's going to be, you know, hugely better and could the, – the defense could be one of those where it technically improves, but, like, on paper – or like in results actually takes a step back. Um, but there's just a ton of question marks for me on this team. Like the running back situation with ProSize, can he stay healthy? The receivers, like Evan said, um, and then everything on the defense, it's, uh, there's a lot of wait and see for me right now with this team. Um, yeah, I, I... – I don't know if I, I feel the same way on the defense. Uh, I, I mean, I look at the team last year defensively. Starting defensive line was like Shamar Stefan. And you had Frank Clark, which is great. I don't think – I think Frank Clark and Ziggy Ansa to me, if Ansa's healthy or – that's the question. But he is, he is looking like he's going to play, so let's assume that for a second. That's basically – a trade like a, a wash i think steph and anyone that they're going to put in there puna ford i think is potentially an eight or a nine out of ten and shamar stefan was like a four or a five so i think there's a massive step forward there i think al woods is going to be there instead of jaron reed and that's a question mark but two years ago i mean when he was fully healthy playing for the colts he was Linval Joseph level in PFF ratings for interior linemen. Like he, he was really, really good. And I thought he's looked pretty good in, in this game. So, or in this preseason. So I'm not as worried about Reed being out. I think he obviously is a, a difference maker, but he's going to come back after six games. And then you've got Clowney who, I mean, who was opposite of Frank Clark last year, Quentin Jefferson, right? So, I mean, Quentin Jefferson's okay, but I think Clowney is a is a totally different beast uh, than Quentin Jefferson. And then if you look at the nickel defensive line, the ability to actually have, uh, you know, you could have someone like um, Clowney slide inside. You have Rasheem Green who definitely can slide inside. That's where he prefers to rush. You've got LJ Collier who may be there later. We'll find out what you have in him. Um, but you've got... Ansa and Clowney both rushing. I think that's better than what they had last year um, in those nickel situations. So I, I know. And then I think the linebackers are significantly better. I mean, Barkevius Mingo was playing Sam linebacker last year and he was awful, awful. I think Michael Kendricks is not only good, but I think he could be very good for them. And you didn't have KJ Wright playing almost the whole season. You had Austin Kalitra playing almost the whole year. So I think the front seven overall goes from, what I would say was like a five last year to probably like an eight to me, um, relatively speaking to some of those changes. I agree with you guys about the secondary. I have to see it to believe it in terms of improvement. You know, Tedrick Thompson to me is no different than he was last year or the year before. He's just not a player. He's not a playmaker. He never has been, at least in the, in the pros. Like Bradley McDougal, but he was, Bradley McDougal might've played his best season last year. We'll see. Um, and then you've got Shaquille Griffin and Trey Flowers, who, uh, you know, I've just never been super high on. Um, so uh, anyway, I, I think. Uh, I mean, the one thing I would say there is like, yeah, Puna Ford is good and he's going to get more playing time. Yeah, Al Woods is a capable replacement for Jaron uh, uh, Reed. Um, and yeah, now they have Clowney. Um but you're talking about three guys that are all like vastly to at least somewhat better run defenders than pass rushers in front of a secondary that I don't know anyone feels super confident in. 
And so, yes, they are not, I mean, they're not a disaster. They may have, they may have a strength against the run, um, but like they could still be awfully rough against the pass. And this was a team that, you know, if you look at like EPA or success rate or some of those things was far worse than even their kind of middling DVOA and uh, like points allowed um, kind of showed. All right, fellas, we're going to, we're going to move this along a little bit and go into prediction uh, rapid fire. And uh, what we've got here is the schedule. Can you guys see this or do you need me to make it bigger? We've got it. All right. So we're going to rapid fire through this and see where we end up. Uh, I've got uh, versus Cincinnati the first week. I've got that as a win. Um, let's make these all large enough so people can see. Also a win here on that one. Win, and Nate, Evan? Win. Win. Pittsburgh, at Pittsburgh. Let's start with you, Evan. We're going to go uh, snake style here. Oh. Fuck it. It's a win. <laughs> uh, I was going to feel bad saying loss, but if Evan had to think that hard about it, then yeah, loss. Loss. Oh. I'm going with win. New Orleans at home, uh, 125 game. I'm gonna say at home. I'm I'm going with win. Uh, Nathan, a loss. Loss. Evan, win. Win. Nathan or Evan at Arizona Sunday at one. Win. 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 So first quarter of the season, we got four and zero. Oh. Two and two and four and zero. Oh. Uh, this is going as expected. I'm just realistic. It's you. I know. I know. Well, just this is it. This is the microcosm of it. There's some aspect of that, and then who is closer to being right on on the prediction last year? Yeah, but like a, by a, a one game. One uh, game. Who was closer? I think Evan was closer. So who's to say? Uh, versus the Rams at home Thursday night at five o'clock. I am calling that a win. Nathan. Um, loss. Loss at home. Evan. That's a loss. Loss. That's because you're so infatuated with that, their coach. Uh, at Cleveland. Evan. 10 a.m. game. It's going to be a loss. Loss. Nathan. I actually think they win this. Win. I've got that as a loss. Uh, home against Baltimore, 125 game. I've got that as a win. Loss. Loss, Evan. Win. Win. At Atlanta, 10 a.m. game. Evan. I think it's a loss. Loss, Nathan. Yes, in here. Loss. I've got that as a win. Uh, versus Tampa Bay at home, I've got that as a win. Nathan. Yep. Win. Evan. Win. Win. Home uh, Monday night football against San or at San Francisco, excuse me, at San Francisco. That's a win. Win. Yep. Nathan. Win. Um, I'm going to go with a surprising and frustrating loss. Bye week. We have them like nine and two right now. I do. Okay. Um, bye week. And then, and by the way, so. With Jaron Reed out, I've got them at five and one. Nathan's got them at three and three. Yeah. And Evan's got them at four and two. Okay. Uh, at Philadelphia, Sunday night at five, I've got that as a loss. Um, Nathan. Win. Win. Interesting. Evan. I think it's a win also. Win. Okay. Home Monday night um, uh, against win. Minnesota. Win? That's a win, yeah. Nathan? Mm. Uh, win. Win. I've got that as a win. At the Rams, uh, Sunday night football. I've got that as a loss. Nathan? A loss, yeah. Win. Win. So... Evan's got the Seahawks as one and one against the Rams. 
Uh, Nathan has got the Seahawks as 0-2 against the Rams. I have them as 1-1. One one. Interesting. All right. Uh, Carolina at Carolina 10 a.m. game. Evan. Win. Win. Nathan. Win. Win. I've got that as a win as well. Versus Arizona at home. I've got that as a win. 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 Evan. Win. Win. Final game at home versus San Francisco. Win. Win. Yep. Win. Win. All right. So what does that end up with? I've got 12 and four. Pretty good. 12 and four would be pretty good. Let's make that bigger. 12 and four. Nathan, you've got them at two, three, four, five, six. You've got them as 10 and six. Yep. 13 and three. You've got 13 and three. and three. I thought I was ending up with the most optimistic. Look at you on. Look at this end of the season win streak that Evans got them on. Holy crap. I do think they lose at Cleveland, though. I, I, I think that's going to be a downer of a game. It's tough. It's really tough. I, I have to say, I feel more confident if you got Jadavion Clowney coming off the edge. But um, uh, yeah. So I, I don't, it's an issue that there's, pretty decent spread and this is pretty optimistic for you mr ernst i mean i had them about nine and seven i had them a nine one team before the clowny thing so feels right i mean and there's toss-ups right like the cleveland the philly the minnesota those all feel kind of like toss-ups to me and and you never know if they steal a game from the rams or something like that um I guess I guess the four toss-ups, the ones that are probably going to decide the seasons to me feels like New Orleans, Philly, Minnesota, and Cleveland. Those are probably the four to me that if if they can you know steal those four, then I then I really could see that you know twelve and four. Do you have them winning all those? You only have them going two and two. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think those are tough games. I think it's the division games that really are going to make. A, I mean, that sounds obvious, but I think that's the make or break and. They were so close to the Rams last year. I think the Rams are worse than they were last year. And I think the Seahawks are meaningfully better in, in a lot of important areas than they were last year. It, it would be hard for me. I, I don't want to believe that they're going to go 0-2 against the Rams against this year, again this year. And if they can go 1-1 one one, even against the Rams, I think that, you know, I think they're definitely going to go 2-0 against the, the Cardinals. And then – you know, I, I've got them as one again against San Francisco. Like they lost to San Francisco last year with like Nick Mullins at quarterback. So uh, <laughs> I'm just picking that because there's always one where you're just like so pissed off. How did they lose that? But if they can go four and two in the division, I think that they really have a good shot at getting a, a, a buy. We're taking the NFC West back. Yeah, which which games were the hardest for you, Evan? Real quick. Uh the 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 LA games for sure. Um, I had them losing at home versus the Rams, but I have them, you know, redeeming themselves later in the season in LA. Um, those are the toughest games, but I think they probably split. I think that's fair though too, because LA has a crap home field advantage. I mean, it's not like a a big difference there. Um, <clears throat> It is going to be the reason I have that as an L is because it's a prime time game. And I just, you know, it's, it's hard to beat teams in, in the prime time and prime time uh, away. But I mean, look, I think Carolina is always potentially tough. Uh, They've had some bad games against Minnesota. Like I, I don't yeah, think Minnesota's really good. Yeah. We don't have them winning that game, but it's it's a primetime game at home. If it wasn't, maybe we'd feel a little different. Wasn't the one last year a primetime game at home? Did they win? I don't remember if they beat the they did. They, they did. did. But it was ugly as hell. So, I mean, Russ was terrible in that game. I feel like he sometimes – he also they, – they blew Minnesota out a couple of years ago, like 2015 or whatever, but I feel like it's been kind of up and down since then. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, only other ones – I mean, the ones that I – I was a little like Atlanta. I don't know that Atlanta is very good. I, I'm not sure on that one. So I, maybe I'll, I'll feel differently, especially in an early morning game and all that. But New Orleans was New Orleans and Pittsburgh were the toughest for me at Pittsburgh. I mean, 
that is a tough place to win second week of the season, you know, absolutely could see them drop that game. Uh, and then new Orleans, I have a ton of respect for, I just don't know that this team's going to lose at home very often. I mean, one of the things I saw Nathan is you've got one, two, three, you've got three home losses. So you've got them going five and three at home. That feels really conservative. Uh, did I say lost on Baltimore? You did. Oh, I actually feel like they match up well against Baltimore. I don't know why I said lots. Um, I think that's probably... Yeah, sure. All right, look at Nathan moving up to 11 and 5. Wow. Yeah, I don't like that, that. Is, that is pretty – I mean, I don't like that. Seahawks Twitter should be really feeling pretty good if Nathan's at 11 and 5 because that's usually the floor for the team, whatever Nathan's going to predict. Yeah, I really don't feel comfortable with this. <laughs> <laughs> So now you've got them at six and two. That feels more real, realistic. I've got them. I've got them. I don't have them losing at home, which seems a little optimistic, to be honest. Um, I don't know if they're an eight and no home team, maybe seven and one. And that would be where New Orleans, Minnesota, um, LA, any of those teams could definitely be a team that, that picks up a game in Seattle. Um, and just last thing we'll look here. Evan, you have at home one... You have one loss at home. So you got them as a seven and one team at home. All right. So fellas, uh, last thing before we go. So where do you think they end up? Where's the final game that they play in to end this season? I have no idea. Where's the, where's the next Super Bowl hosted? You could just pick where, 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 which round you'd like to say. So you're saying Super Bowl? I think they make a deep playoff run. It could be NFC Championship. No, you got to be more specific, dude. Call it. N- NFC Championship. NFC Championship. All right. Uh, I've got – I'm going to do the same. That's where I've got them. Nathan, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I think they're good enough to win a, a playoff game. I think at 11-5, and five, they're probably a wild-card team, so divisional. All right, so none of us are going out on a limb with any Super Bowl uh, predictions. I thought we might get one from you, uh, Evan, but uh, that's okay. So, all right, fellas. I'm predicting that the Seahawks are going to lose their first – Wait, will this be the first thing? Didn't they, or did they lose one like back in the '30s or something? An NFC championship? No, they've never, they've never lost an NFC championship. And wow, such pessimism! Pessimism coming from Evan to say that they they're going to lose their first ever NFC championship game this year. Unfortunately, I'm just consistently realistic. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, fellas, if this is the season, it seems like it's going to be a fun one. Uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in. If you haven't already, please, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give us reviews, give us th- thumbs up, go on iTunes, give us reviews, five stars, please would be great. And let us know if there's a reason it's not. And then absolutely join up at patreon.com slash Hawk blogger. Uh, our insiders are going to have a lot of fun this season and you're going to help the show, uh, make, we have some ideas uh, about how to create pregame content. Um, you know, we've got some, some other video projects in mind, but we've got to raise money, uh, in order to, to pay guys like Cable Thanos and, and Will and other guys who, uh, they got day jobs. So we, we got to find ways to, to make this worth their while. So please sign up, help support the show and go Hawks.